and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. It is a beautiful Thursday morning here in Newcastle or wherever you're listening from. But you're listening to The Breakfast Show with Lawson and... Lyle! You do it wrong. No, it was correct. It It was right. You don't know. You have the wrong words. You just, you just. I all the information that needed to be said was said. It was going to be said in the right order. No, it doesn't. What kind of order? I didn't start with "It's a beautiful Thursday." I said it's Faith of M. You're listening on these stations. Well, it's a beautiful Thursday. Doesn't even count. It might be dumping with rain in Adelaide. Well, it's beautiful. Here. That's why I said it's a beautiful know. Thursday in Newcastle. It's pitch dark in Western Australia. Listen, Lyle, if if you've got a problem, why don't, then why don't you speak up about it, huh? Why don't you do the intro? Because <laughs> the producer Shell was pointing to you to say something, and you're just like sitting there. So I decided to speak. Come on, Lyle, wake up, <laughs> wake up! It's a beautiful Thursday morning here. Wake up! All right. So, what are you thankful for? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> my thankfulness, my thankfulness is coming up in the positively different news. Yeah, that's right. And you may have caught it in the news itself. Yes, it's kind of stolen our thunder. Nah, but that's okay. But it's going to be an awesome. We're going to be talking about something amazing. We are. I, I, oh, I'm thankful that I'm eating. Okay. Yeah, I just love eating. That's just like. What you're thankful pretty, for, like pretty, three times a week? Yeah, that's right. Pretty basic human <laughs> function, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I'm grateful to eat food. It's just a great thing to do. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. This is The Breakfast Show. That means we're about to have the first question for our quiz. This is the 100-pointer. Lawson, what have we got? All right, for 100 points, after some trickery from jealous rivals, where was Daniel thrown? 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. And for 100 points, you can win yourself a Faith FM bookmark and bumper sticker, or you can get your points on the board, answer every single question correctly, and you'll win every single prize. But again, that question was, after some trickery from jealous rivals, where was Daniel thrown? 0491-064-669. Okay, so if you know the answer, give us a call right now, but let's talk about some positively different news. Positively different news. Oh, man, I didn't get to talk about, actually, in the grateful section, I was grateful that uh, last yesterday afternoon to into yesterday evening, um, there was a group of us who went to um, Bar Beach in the Anzac Walk and Lookout here in Newcastle because we saw... It stopped raining for a little bit. We saw the skies, like, open up. It's blue sky. We're so stoked, and it was... Uh, Myself and my coworker Hannah, and then you know a group of like people who are new to Newcastle. They've never been to this area before. And we're like, we'll show you the most beautiful place in all of Newcastle. And we go there, and we get out of the car, and it's not raining, but it's just howling winds, like dude, like literally like blowing us over, like pe- yes. like ear piercing wind. Typical Newcastle. And it wasn't really cold because it's not quite cold at the moment. Although I woke up this morning, it was freezing. It's mm. it's gonna be like it's like a twenty. 22 degree data that's crazy but it wasn't super cold but it was just like just wind was off the charts um but speaking about a place that has very dramatic weather conditions um that is antarctica yes let's go there let's go probably the single greatest shipwreck discovery ever has ever been made of all time and it's in pristine condition that's right 
Um, I mean, you should see the photos of this thing. And, of course, we are talking about the Endurance. Yes. The ship uh, of Captain Ernest Shackleton um, that was used to, to, you know, to get it down to Antarctica when they tried to attempt to cross the uh, the entirety of Antarctica, you know, on foot, on land. So, yeah, this is an incredible discovery. Again, it's it was found... On the 100th anniversary of Ernest, Ernest Shackleton's funeral. Yeah, that's pretty... That's pretty on accurate. the day. Uh-huh, like, on uh-huh. the day. Uh, but yeah, as we said, it was in pristine condition. They found it down there. And they've got, you know, pictures and videos of what and whatnot of, of the ship underwater. Um, the lettering on the back is fully intact. You can see all the stuff, the steering wheel. Yeah, she's sitting wheel. up on the bottom. She's proud of the ocean. She's not covered in, you know... Multiple, you know, huge amounts of silt or anything like that. Mm. Uh, the woodwork is untouched mm-hmm. because, of course, uh, there are no wood-eating kinds of, you know, microbes or bugs or worms or anything like that in the Weddell Sea because mm. there is no wood there. Mm-hmm. To have those kind of creatures, you've got to have, you know, most of the ocean, the world's ocean, you know, gets some wood at some mm-hmm. particular point that gets washed into it. But because there's no wood in Antarctica, no wood get, ever gets washed in there. And so there are no, you know, wood boring creatures. And so it's perfectly preserved. It is uh, like freezing cold. It is below zero down mm-hmm. there. This ship is in the condition it was in when it sunk. Yeah. And you can see it in the photos. That's right. It was just like it happened yesterday. So you can see in the photos, you know, the the knot, you know, the 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 ropes are tangled, you know, and yeah, there is there is still a, there's a lot of damage from the ice. There's a lot of there's a few colonies of sea creatures and whatnot, some sponges and things hanging off it. But for the most part, like this is probably the best preserved. Ship I mean, you can look at the brass time. work on it. And you could go, yeah, you know, I just wiped that off with a rag. Give it a. You can see the shine still. Get, get, you can. You can see the shine <laughs> on the brass. Work. Like, ah, oh, dude, especially yeah. I was looking at the photo where you can see like the steering wheel and the uh, and the uh, the telescope and stuff, and it just looks epic. Like it's just all there. You, everything about it is fantastic. Yes, and so obviously, like the reason this you know this discovery is important is because. This was an incredible... It's, it's one of the greatest in, rescue stories of all time. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, for those who, who don't know the rescue story, I'm sure Lyle could preach an amazing sermon on it because, you know, apparently apparently he's famous for that. I don't know, preaching sermons about Ernest Shackleton or something. But um, at the my same wife, time... My Shackleton sermon. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Critically acclaimed. But basically right. what happened is that, you know, when they left the UK, they left the UK at the beginning, you know, World War One had just broken out. Mm-hmm. And they're going on this expedition, the, the trans-Antarctic expedition, to cross uh, from one side of Antarctica to another, um, and uh, they just vanished. Everybody got busy with with uh, World War One and kind of forgot about them, and they vanished for two years. Mm. Uh, they were caught in the ice before they got to Antarctica. They drifted with the ice until the ice crushed the ship. Then they lived on the ice mm. for months they were able to make their way through, you know, the worst ocean in the world mm. to a small rock of island called Elephant Island where there was only one tiny narrow spit where they could turn their boats upside down and live in their upturned boats. Mm. Uh, from there they took one of their three lifeboats and sailed it. You know, this is an open boat. This is a, yeah. this is a lifeboat. They've sailed it you know, across the world's worst ocean mm-hmm. for like a month and they were aiming for this tiny speck of land called South Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, when they got to South Georgia, they were on the wrong side, but because of the prevailing winds and the prevailing weather, they couldn't sail around to the other side. Mm-hmm. 
They had no option but to cross the island. It had never been crossed before. Uh, they're enormously high mountains. These are, you know, ice and snow and glacier-covered peaks. There's no maps. No one had ever been to the interior before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a forced march, march and crossed the island in three days and then made four attempts to get back to the rest of the crew that was left on Elephant Island until they were able to rescue every single person alive. It's just one of the greatest rescue stories that's ever taken place mm-hmm. and to think that they found the ship and to find it in such perfect condition. Yes. You know, that's that's what makes, you know, because you might find, oh, there's a few planks on the ocean floor. That, 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 there's that's an where E and be. an N and an yeah, A. It's, on it's the... not like where they found the Endeavour. You're like, oh, we think it's the Endeavour. Yeah. Um, they know. Like, it's there. It's yes. together. Like, it just sunk. You know, for all for all intensive purposes, like it looks like it just sunk. Yes, and it's interesting. You know, I'm just gonna I just one small illustration from the sermon, and that is that you know for the guys that were left on Elephant Island, mm-hmm. um, when when Shackleton left them there, the man who was left in charge, um, I think his name I think it was Frank Wilde who was left in charge, but it, the man who was left in charge after Shackleton left. Mm-hmm. He made the men break camp every day. Wow. Every day they would break camp and they would pack all their gear ready for an immediate departure. Mm-hmm. And the reason that he did so was because he said, well, the boss might come today. Mm. You know, maybe as he's sailing to South Georgia, he's come across another ship. Mm. And maybe he's turned that ship around and maybe he'll be here today. Mm. And that's what happened every single day whenever the ice was clear. They would break camp and they would be standing there ready to go. Mm. And they did that for months on end. And one day they've broken camp, they're standing there ready to go. The ice cleared for a moment and Shackleton was there. Wow. He got his men off uh, because they were ready and they escaped. The ice closed back in. And they were gone. They were rescued. Mm. And such a great illustration of how we should live as Christians because the boss might return today. Mm. Jesus might return today. Mm-hmm. We need to be ready every single day for the return of Jesus. Hey, man. No, that's amazing. Stupid right there. And that's awesome. Uh, but unfortunately, if you want to see this shipwreck... Uh, three kilometers down. It's three kilometers underwater. And you might be thinking, oh, why don't they just pull it up? Uh, well, actually, they're, they're not going to do that. According to the uh, Antarctic International Treaty, um, anything found in Antarctica lives in Antarctica. So it's going to live at the bottom of that, ocean, of that ocean, three kilometers down. You can watch the videos. You can see the photos. Um, and you will be able to have that experience, I guess, vicariously. You won't be able to go and to to see the ship. But, yeah, fantastic, fantastic sighting, obviously. Fantastic find. Probably one of the greatest in archaeology of all time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Mm-hmm. That's different? It is. All right, let's have our next uh, question for our quiz. All right, for 200 points, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah when Lot's wife turned back. Or what did she turn into? 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. For 200 points, you can win an issue of Science Magazine, get your points on the board, and make your way through the quiz. But again, that question was, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah when Lot's wife turned back. What did she turn into? Guys, play the quiz. Test yourself. 
Uh, if you are a regular church tender, we would uh, encourage you to uh, go to the Bible and, and research for... Uh, it's, no, sorry, to not go to the Bible, to try and answer it off the top of your head. But if you are not a regular church, church tender, we would encourage you to go to the Bible or to Google uh, and find the answers so that you will know more about the Bible. Um, yeah. Okay, so Bruce has called through. Uh, I think he wants to make a comment on the discovery of the endurance and the Shackleton ship. Bruce, welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about those men that stayed back and that guy that kept doing every day, you know, to be prepared. It gave them something to do, and, and that's where their minds were focused always on that. And I think about with us, thinking about Jesus' return, that's where, you know, when we're focused on doing something, you know, that that's how we see it. Yes. That's the reality. Mm. And in a world where there is so much disaster, you know, floods, wars and so forth that are going on around us right now, it's very easy to become, you know, emotionally yep. unstable. But if, and, and what, this is what kept those men stable on the island was the fact that their leader filled them with hope every day that their rescue could come that day. And mm. we need, and they did something every day. So if we do something every day, to prepare for the yep. return of Christ and to share Jesus with others, then it will keep our mind centred and focused and centred in the right direction. Mm. Exactly, yeah. Bruce, thank you so much for uh, sharing that thought. I think it's a very, very valuable thought that uh, you're sharing with us right now. And just wanted to share with everybody uh, Sir Ernest Shackleton's favourite verse of the Bible. Oh. When, they, when they left the ice, they could only take a very, very minimum amount of equipment with them in mm. the lifeboats because it was the roughest oceans in the world. Mm. And so he didn't take his Bible. Mm. He just took one page. Oh, wow. Yes, Job 38. And, of course, Job 38 is all about, you know, the power of God. Mm. And in Job 38 was... Uh, it was was his favourite verse. It's verse twenty nine and thirty. It says, "Out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven? Who has gendered it? The waters are hid as with a stone. The face of the deep is frozen." Oh wow! You can imagine that a verse like that would have special significance to somebody like you know Ernest Shackleton, particularly after being you know living on the ice for so long. He's living that life. He's living that life. Wow, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a little bit of time here, so we should uh, we should go to some more serious news. Um, I'll try and get through these stories fairly quickly. This one comes from uh, Fremont High in California. Uh, this particular school has just created a transition closet. Hmm? Uh, this is for children who are hiding their gender identity from their parents. So basically what is happening... I hate this. I can't believe... Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. You have all these positively different news stories and I just want to stay with them and then I've got to tell these kind of stories. Yeah. Okay, so basically the way it works is that uh, they're teaching the students what you need to do is to uh, be deceptive, you need to be a liar, you need to uh, lie to your parents, um, you need to be not a good, sober, sane, moral citizen, you need to be an immoral citizen. Um, and you need to be somebody who is a liar. And so we are going to facilitate you being a liar. And so when you come to school, we've got a whole closet here. You get changed at school, uh, and you can be one gender at home and one gender here at school. Uh, this was launched back in February, just sort of been discovered. Um, all of the clothes are provided. Um, and this, yeah, basically the school's just teaching the kids to be. Um, dishonest. Then you've got the Speckles Union uh, School District, which has an LGBT plus, plus club that is operated by the teachers, 
and is actively recruiting students to join the club and to transition. And so there's been a number of students who have joined the club because the teachers you know, encourage them to do so. They've gone, oh, I must be trans because the teachers told them so, and then they've realised, no, this is silly, yeah. and it's starting to come out to the parents because the whole thing has been kept secret from the parents. You know, it's interesting. I, I hear a thing like that. And it's like, okay, so they get the kids to join this club and then they get, you know, kind of um, encouraged and, you know, you can maybe say coerced. And maybe for those who have been listening to me, you know, share some information about the uni ministry that I'm doing, you're like, you may, may be thinking like, and in, in, op- in opposition to what I'm doing, you'd say, oh, but Lawson, aren't you doing the same thing? You go around the uni trying to find people who want to study the Bible and join the club. Yeah, you tell people about Jesus. And then when you tell them about Jesus, like, tell your parents about Jesus because yeah. Jesus is amazing. But the difference is, <laughs> is that I'm on a university campus where it's everyone very... is an adult. Absolutely. And I'm not a professor or or a teacher, or anyone who has any type of power differential over them. I can't coerce them. It is fully consensual. Like, they have that right and that choice. Teachers telling high school students or middle school students to to transition, to join their LGBT club, and then to transition is... And to keep it secret. And to keep it secret is abuse. It is grooming. That's the definition of... the definition of both grooming and abuse. If 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 I was doing what I'm doing in a high school, like there would need to be transparency and consent from the parents. We know that. Like for you yes. to join a religious yes. group at a high school in Australia to join a religious Bible study, you need permission from the parents. Absolutely. This is like co- coercion. But no, the worse than that, this is just closeted abuse. That oh, so while we're uh, I hate this. While we're uh, on the subject of education, this story comes from North Hill Elementary, where a grade two student Mm -hmm. has been punished repeatedly by the school for sharing her faith on the playground. Okay. Okay, so she's been sent to the principal's office ten times now because Mm -hmm. she refuses to stop talking about Jesus. I wish she was my daughter. (laughs) Imagine having a daughter, Lawson, who just can't stop talking about Jesus. And so she's always getting in trouble for talking about Jesus. It's like, wouldn't you love to have a daughter like that? Mm. Ten times since January 1. Mm. Um, And it's got to the point where the, uh, the, the teachers now stop her every day and search her backpack. When she arrives at school, not for drugs. Don't tell me it's for the Bible. It's for Bibles because oh. she gives she gives Bibles to students who want Bibles. Yikes! Wow. You know, if, if she's talking to her, this is a grade two student. This is a mate. Like this is the best story ever, but it's like the worst as well. I'm just so glad there are kids out there like this. Mm. I wasn't like this in grade two. <laughs> I was just roaring around doing stupid things, what? playing cowboys and Indians. When I was in grade two, I just watched the Da Vinci Code and was telling everyone Jesus was fake or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, but anyway, it's fantastic. That's amazing. You know, I can understand schools if they want to search kids, you know, backpacks for drugs or mm-hmm. weapons or something or other. I, I always carry yeah, pocket knives. life-ruining material. Yeah, 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 but this yeah. is literally this Jesus, girl is trying Jesus. to help people. Yeah. That's the thing amazing. that I'm glad about also that makes me happy about this story is that Jesus is that powerful mm. that they are that scared. Wow. You know, because if she was sharing, you know, Mickey Mouse, they wouldn't care. Yeah. Because Mickey Mouse has no power. That's right. But Jesus has life-transforming power Mm. to change a person's life for good, and so they're scared. 
Mm-hmm. And they see, of course, you know, this is a massive violation in the United States, of course, of the First Amendment, uh, freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. They have infringed on the freedom of speech and freedom of religion of a grade two student. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they were informed of this, they said, well, the school policy says that you cannot share materials that cause disruption. Oh, Okay. Uh, but they didn't read all of the policy because if you read all of the policy, that was the reply. So they went and looked at the policy and the policy says you cannot share materials that cause disruption during the classroom or assembly times. Oh. So you're allowed to do it as much as you want in the playground. Recess, bro. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Recess is literally a disruption. Think about about this girl. She's been publicly humiliated and bullied by the teachers. By adults. By adults, and she's in grade two, Mm -hmm. and she hasn't stopped. Wow. That's powerful. It's just like... That's amazing. Where can we find more year two students like this? Okay, of course, in Australia, things that we need to be aware of that are going on in our schools, we have the Good Society, the Respect for Relationships, the Safe Schools Program, the Consent Education, the Wear at Purple Day. Um, these are all taking place in our schools. The newest one is the minus 18 LGBTQIA plus resource kits that have been distributed by Woolworths um, and Chemist Warehouse. You need to know what's going on in your school. Mm. You need to be a part of the PNC in your school so that... Uh, you know what your kids are being affected by because many of these programs are far from safe. Yes. They are a form of grooming for your children and you need to keep your children as far from them as you possibly can. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to go mm. to interview of the day, uh, 300 point question coming up right now before we do. Who said... Philistines rule over you. If you know the answer, 0491 is the number to call. For 300 points, you're giving yourself a pocket sermon, uh, or you can get your points on the board, continue to work your way through the quiz. But again, that question was, who said Philistines rule over you? 0491 Well, joining us on the phone right now is Dr. Taz Walker from uh, Creation Ministries International. Dr. Taz Walker, welcome to the show. Good, Annie. It's nice to be here, Lyle. It's, uh, have a good day. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, Dr. Taz Walker, soft tissue and blood uh, cells in dinosaurs. This was something that, you know, has been discovered some time ago, but it seems to be continually uh, being discovered over and over again. And so now we've got a whole slew of sites where we've, where we have found this. And every time it seems to be a little bit more embarrassing for, for uh, evolution, what's going on there? What's going on? That's right. It has been around for quite a while, but the, the, the thing is that there's no satisfactory answer for the people who believe in long ages as to how these uh, soft tissue, blood cells, and various uh, proteins and that could possibly survive for as long as these dinosaur bones are supposed to have been. They're supposed to be 70 million years old, something like that. So the discovery of this soft tissue is something that was never expected and people never looked for it. Uh, and it was discovered by really um, by serendipitous, by accident, uh, by a lady called uh, Mary Schweitzer. Many many years ago, and uh, she was really given a lot of lot of uh, stick for it because everybody says, "Oh, you, 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 it can't be true, can't be possible." 
you, you're a bad scientist, you're a bad experimenter, and they gave her a really hard time. And so she just kept working on it, kept getting more and more uh, evidence, and other people started finding amazing stuff as well. So, uh, you know, the the, um, the people who haven't didn't want this have gone from being, you know, it, it, the the evidence is not there uh, to saying, oh yes, but uh, there's a, you know, we've got ways of explaining it, and so it's no big deal. But it uh, it's something that uh, is a big deal, and it's not something that's surprising for people who believe in the timeline of the Bible and the big event in the Bible which uh, killed the dinosaurs uh, or produced dinosaur fossils was the global flood uh, of Noah's day. So that's uh, how we've got dinosaur fossils everywhere. And that was about four and a half thousand years ago. So it's not, you know, it's it's not surprising to a person who believes the Bible, a scientist who believes the Bible, but it is absolutely, you know, bizarre for somebody who believes in the 70 million years the dinosaurs were buried. So, yeah, so it's an amazing, amazing find and it uh, won't go away. And it's a great evidence to um, to share with people about the truth uh, of the Word of God. It is. It is fantastic. And, and the thing that goes through my mind is that, you know, it was discovered by accident. Uh, and then, of course, you know, people who sort of thought, well, maybe it is plausible, but we're pretty, we're pretty sure that, uh, that this lady's got it wrong. Uh, surely it would only exist in this one dinosaur bone, but it's almost, now that we've actually started looking for it, it's almost become common. It is. It is. It's, and, and then lots and lots of different fossils. And then not only have they discovered, uh, blood cells, which are a little bit hard to actually uh, prove uh, as far as uh, the, the various uh, chemical tests on it, but uh, they certainly looked like blood cells, and uh, it's pretty convincing. But they found lots of other proteins, uh, collagen, hemo- uh, osteocalcin, actin, tubulin, and, and stuff like that, uh, which is... And plus, they found uh, um, a complex molecule DNA... They found that inside this, which is absolutely uh, um, gobsmacked. And uh, also, they found uh, they found carbon fourteen in these dinosaur bones by analysing the uh, organic material. They found that it contains carbon fourteen, which is other evidence, uh, radiometric evidence that uh, they're not millions of years old. That can only be thousands of years old. So it's quite amazing. And uh, as for people who believe the Bible, you sort of think, oh, um, well, what did you expect? <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yeah, and, and one, I guess one of the things that goes through my mind is, you know, just how remarkable a, you know, a body of an animal is, you know, a, a created a created body like, you know, say, for instance, a dinosaur, that this kind yes. of material would even last four and a half thousand years. Yes, that's right. And... Uh, of course, see, it's not really about science. It's all, you know, some people could call it the power of the paradigm. Basically, it's a scientific, uh, belief system philosophy. And basically, uh, the scientific system is committed to naturalism. That is that everything can be explained by natural processes. And so that's why you need millions and millions and millions of years if it's going to be explained by natural processes. And you can't allow a divine foot in the door. And so, uh, based on that philosophy, this this uh, dinosaur soft tissue indicates that you don't have the millions and millions and millions of years for naturalism to be at all plausible. And it points to 
what the you know the, what the Bible reveals about a God who created in six days and a global flood which destroyed the world, uh, deluged and destroyed in about a year, about four and a half thousand years ago. So it's quite amazing, quite amazing it is. So the big question, of course, that everybody wants to ask just out of curiosity is uh, they've discovered uh, DNA within these dinosaurs. Are we going ever going to have a uh, Jurassic Park situation where they bring them back? <laughs> uh, well, you'd have to, it's, like a com- it's like a computer program. A DNA is like, a, you know, like a, something that's recorded, all the genetic information, all the, all the computer information, all the data on, a, on some sort of a file. And if that gets corrupted, it's unreadable. You know, it becomes unreadable. So, you know, there might be bits of DNA, but certainly they don't have a complete DNA uh, and that sort of thing. So it's going to be, you know, they might be able to put a bit of that DNA into a chicken, uh, a chicken cell or something like that and sort of modify it, but certainly not create a complete dinosaur. And at least yeah. I don't think so in my mind. Uh, it would certainly be interesting to, uh, to see something like that, but uh, human beings, they will always try and experiment with, with all kinds of things. Um, with all kinds of things, that's right. So when, when Mary Schweitzer discovered this, you know, she, she it created a lot of press. People were amazed at it. And she talked about her discovery. She said just how I couldn't believe it. I, you know, I, I put it under the microscope and I saw these blood cells. I could not believe it, she said. And I, she said to the lab technician, the bones, after all, are 70 million years old. How could How could blood cells survive that long? And even in that question, that indicates that she didn't say the world is young after all. <laughs> she didn't say this, the blood cells, the world must be young after all. No, how do blood cells survive that long? So she already, it, it, no matter what evidence is found, it's not going to shake the basic philosophy of naturalism. That's a commitment. Uh, that this, you know, these people that work in these scientific fields, in these scientific institutions, uh, it's a commitment that they've made, and nothing will shake that commitment. As a matter of fact, people who keep experimenting uh, in these areas find that they can't get grants. And um, as a matter of fact, you know, people don't work in this area now because it's not a popular area to, to work in. And uh, so it it's just goes to show the power of the paradigm. And I think it needs, to, you know, people need to wake up that, hey, you know, we've been a little bit tricked here. They're indicating that they're, you know, objective scientists going where the evidence leads. But no, they're wanting to explain it without God in a naturalistic point of view. And so we need to be just wise. Jesus said, take heed that you're not deceived. And so, so that's why dinosaur soft tissue. There's so much, uh, so much um, lessons that we can learn from it, and some very, very powerful evidence that uh, indeed um, just fits very nicely. Not surprising to people who believe the Bible. Mm. And so, Mary Schweitzer, uh, we, we can assume that she's she's not a you know she, this was not a discovery that was made by a short Earth creationist. This was. Uh, a discovery made by somebody who's committed to, you know, the long ages of evolution. Yes, she, she is committed to the long ages of evolution. And, and in a way, she's on the horns of a dilemma because she can't be, you know, she if she came out as a young earth creationist, she'd be sacked, as so many other scientists are sacked. Mm. So, um, uh, so she, um, if she wants to keep a job and she loves what she does, 
So she has to hold in, you know, has to sort of buy, um, at least show that she holds to that view. Yes, it's remar- I think in some ways, you know, maybe God allows it to happen this way because if you or I had made this discovery, there would have been a lot more, you know, um, I guess dismissiveness be like, ah, oh, just, you know, creationists making stuff up again and finding stuff that is not there. But when one of their own comes out and makes this discovery, then, well, what are you going to do with that? Yeah, they're exactly right. And it's not as if they all willingly embraced it. She got a lot of, she got a lot of, you know, a lot of trouble for it, but she didn't give up. Uh, more power to her. She didn't give up. She kept uh, experimenting. We kept reporting new finds. And, uh, there's quite a few videos on YouTube about it. But the big, big issue that's around that the, um, the, the long age people, the, the scientists who believe in long ages are working on is how could a blood cell survive that long? And they've come up with various proposals. One was that it was a biofilm. It was not really the blood cells, a biofilm. That's what it was originally. That was some, that's what they proposed. And that's gone by the board. That's no longer accepted. And the, the one that sort of, uh, at least sort of put out there as if, uh, yeah, look, we've explained it. Is it uh, been preserved by iron? But uh, the problem is where to get the iron from. And so they're suggesting that the iron comes from the, the blood cells. But iron doesn't preserve things. It just uh, slows down the decay. And uh, but it's, it's a very unsatisfactory explanation, and I don't think, Many people are buying into that, or even though that's uh, being researched quite extensively following down that track. Mary Schweitzer herself is uh, working on that sort of an idea, but really not got anywhere, although people say, yeah, yeah, that's good, because it's not science. It's uh, basically it's a, it's a clash of two worldviews. That's what it's about. Mm. With this, um, you, you talk about it being preserved by iron, but iron doesn't preserve. It just slows decay. I mean, to yeah. you stretch that out to 70 million years, that's a really slow level of decay. That would be it's a little bit of a stretch, isn't it? <laughs> just a tad, uh, you know. And when I think about that, I'm like, okay, how much is have we ever been able to replicate? Uh, Iron slowing decay to something that is that slow. That's ex- that's exactly right. But not only does it cause a problem, like it might slow the decay of one aspect, say one particular protein or something, but it actually makes it worse for others. And so it's not just a simple, you know, the, it's a very complicated and it's not really working out for those people who are proposing that sort of a, a solution, not at all. Yeah, well, I'm sure when this one gets debunked, just like the uh, biofilm one was debunked, they will probably they will be forced to come up with something else because, as you say, they are completely committed to their ideology. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is, of course, just let it go under, let it let it sort of slip, go go uh, under the table, and, and that's what happens with this the concept of evolution. There are so many. Uh, problems, uh, unsolved problems that go back for, you know, hundreds of years since uh, Darwin proposed this. And, uh, they basically, um, they, they, they talk about as if they're solved, but they're not solved. And so they just sort of let it slide. And so this is probably becoming, going to become one of those. So this is just one of many, many evidences that point to the world being young. 
Uh, and of course, you can't prove the world is young because somebody can always sort of say, oh, no, that's because, and they can come up with some sort of uh, invention and uh, just rattle something off, uh, which will keep, uh, keep everybody busy for 10 years. Yeah, that's right. And, and the thing is, it's all about producing evidence and showing evidence um, and making a judgment based on the preponderance of evidence. Um, yes, yeah. exactly right. Yeah, Dr. Taz yeah. Walker, tell us, how do we interact with uh, CMI? You guys do a fantastic job with uh, Creation Ministries International. Uh, for our listeners, how do we interact with, with CMI? Well, CMI, the, we have a website, uh, creation.com, and there's uh, we're continually putting articles up there uh, to help people in all areas of, of life, you know, whether it's high school or, or, or primary school or kindergarten or, or at university. We put up all sorts of articles on all sorts of topics, and people can, there's a great search engine there, and people can find it. Plus, we have uh, videos which are available on the site. Plus, uh, people can connect to a uh, uh, an email alert system, an email news, InfoBytes, and that's a, you can do that on the creation.com. And uh, we, we get people who say, it's like, it's, uh, you know, it's as if I've done a training session in creation. Getting that email has been so helpful. I've been getting it for a year, and, man, it's made a difference. And so it's a very easy way of getting up to speed. And uh, from that site, creation.com, people can get other resources. And the magazine, it's, uh, people find that really helpful. And we get so much uh, – people get so much um, – uh, strength and so many answers, they just become confident about life and about the Bible that they can trust it by getting those resources. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Taz Walker. I'd encourage all of our listeners to go to creation.com. Right now, we're going to move on with the show. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.